Hey everyone, welcome back to Heartway Farms. We're so glad you're here with us today. And today we're really excited to be able to chat with Sow the Land. We have Jason and Lorraine here. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this conversation today. Yeah, thanks for asking us and having us having us here. One of the things that uh, I love, we've been homesteading for, we're, we're kind of babies in the grand scheme of it. We've only been homesteading for about- Just over five years. Five years plus. Yeah. And of actual farm homesteading, right? Yeah, besides backyard chickens <laughs> yeah. and backyard rabbits and all of that, we did that in gardens for a lot of years. Yeah. But actually moving on to our property, our homestead property, we've only been doing that for five years. And one thing I love that we have learned and experienced in that short amount of time is kind of the the community of homesteaders um, and being able to be like, even if you're in North Carolina <laughs> and yeah. we're in Illinois, it's still a community and that's pretty cool. And that's what kind of prompted this conversation today was just to kind of connect and to talk life and family and homesteading and all of those things. So yeah, it's a great opportunity. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, let's get started. So Jason, I'd like to just start off by just give us a synopsis of how you guys got to where you're at today. I know a couple of the backstories, but let's just go ahead and give a fill in here for those who don't know anything about Sow the Land. Yeah, we're a small family of three, and uh, we were originally from Los Angeles area, and, and we born and raised and grew up in that area our whole lives until 2016, where we moved out here to start this homestead. And, um, you know, for us, it started when I got cancer in 2010. 2009. <laughs> yeah. It seems wow. so long okay. ago, but yeah. I, had I just turned 30 years old and I get diagnosed with a Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. And, wow. okay. and that kind of just, from there, that's where it's where it started us on this journey. We were complete, like wh why he said it seems so long ago, because we were such different people that, <laughs> at that time, like completely city folk people. Yeah. Who lived in Southern California doing completely different things than what we do now. And so that's what led us on our new journey now, who, who we are today. She was in the fashion industry <laughs> in, in, in LA, you know? She yeah. Was, I remember when I got the call of you, when you told me that you had cancer and I, I was in a fabric meeting and I like had to excuse myself and I like sat outside and I was just like, I just knew something like was about to change, but had no idea what, and our yeah, lives right. literally did change. Yeah. And I worked in the office. I was a computer drafter for 17 years. And so, yeah, that's what, what started all of this is, uh, you know, wanting to almost like, I guess, take control of our own health. Uh, you know, I did six months of chemo Wow. and it was during that process where we're, you know, our just life was just changing all together and, you know, it's such a huge emotional roller coaster sure. of a time back then. I remember my last uh, oncologist appointment where they said, okay, you're in remission, you know, you're good, no more chemo, you know, you can be on your way. And I asked her, the, the doctor was like, hey, what now? Like, I feel like <laughs> there should be something. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we did all these things, all these tests and all these, this chemo and, and lost my hair and like all these things were happening and all of a sudden it's like okay you're good go bye you know yeah, like, yeah. Is <laughs> well is there some kind of nutrition plan i need to be on do i need to see a therapist you know like like <laughs> all these things are going in my mind and she was just like no she goes that's it she goes just go back to the way you were living just go back to your normal life and those are the well, words she said. and i was like 
doesn't make sense. I'm like, okay. So we, we did, you know, for the last, for the next year after that, you know, I was like, okay, it almost felt like it never happened. You know, my hair right. grew back and I felt good and it was fine. But like, I, I felt like slowly it was eating away at me and I was started thinking about it more and more. I was like, you know, we need to start eating more healthy, being active um, and trying to figure those things out. And then like certain things weren't making us happy anymore. You know, like, like we collected a lot of stuff, you know, we had like a, a nice four bedroom house and, and <laughs> at the same time, like, certain things didn't matter anymore you know like what mattered was was being together in like just being happy with yeah. what we're doing and and you know at the same time my job was eating away at me because i was like yeah. sitting down in front of the computer all day for 17 years the exact same thing over <laughs> and over again <laughs> under artificial lighting yeah right, right. You know, windows <laughs> all these things were going in our brains of like should we be doing this still you know, like, do we want to have children? I have this career that yeah, requires a lot of, Penelope, yeah, yeah, requires a lot of my time and a lot of drive time in traffic. And, you know, yeah. and could we even have children? Because that's something that they told us that we might not be able to do afterwards. So like there was just, you know, a lot of questioning, like of our standard American lifestyle and uh, we just questioned all of that. And that I think was the first step into this snowball journey of like, just questioning everything. Like you're not making decisions, just questioning it. Like, is this what we want? Is this yeah. really what we want? Right. I guess jumping forward just a little bit, it, there was a shift obviously in your life and your perspective on how you started like evaluating what's important what's not important. And then at what point in time or like, where did you decide on moving across the country now? <laughs> or like, let's do, who brought it up? Yeah. Who do we get to blame yeah. for like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> I don't know who brought it up first. I think we had a friend who also lived in Los Angeles and then they just up and left to North Carolina, a different part of North Carolina, but, um, and they were going to homestead sort of, not really, but. Yeah, I think we just, uh. Well, we started growing, like started growing food in our back, our own backyard where we were at in California. And, you know, we just didn't ever done it before. Didn't know anybody who ha who ever did that or even grew a tomato plant. Like we didn't know anybody right. who had chickens or nothing like that. So we just <laughs> thought, oh, let's just grow, let's just grow some food. Like, you know, like that might be fun to do. And, and so we just tried it and that's what we really fell in love with growing that first tomato, you know. <laughs> And then um, we needed more land. <laughs> we, we started just joking. You know, you grow that first tomato and you're like, okay, I I'm a farmer now. You know, like <laughs> you do, you feel that way. It like empowers you, you know, there's something to it. You know, grow, you can't see my shit, like grow where you're planted. So like if you're in an apartment or whatever, there's something empowering about like, wait, I have control over my food. You know, I have control over what I'm putting in my body. And like, I don't know, it almost seems, seems unattainable unless you start doing it because yeah. it seems overwhelmed. Like, Oh, I can't do, you know, I'll leave that to the professionals. I'll leave that to yeah. the, you know, the, the other the people, real the farmers, farmers yeah. you know, yeah. and, yeah. but it's like, no, it's totally doable. It's, it's like empowering when you're like, Oh, and first of all, it tastes better. Right. So <laughs> yeah, that, that too. <laughs> you taste and you're like, man, I can't ever buy a grocery store tomato again. No, yeah. it's way better. So yeah, you start yeah. growing where you're at. And yep. so you started there. And then what, what happened? What, why North Carolina? We were oh. into, we were researching um, pasture raised meat. Yeah. We're, that's when like, 
you know, because we're looking at like what we should be eating, you know, what we should be right. cutting in our diet and, you know, started going gluten-free and trying to like more, I guess, more paleo type food, whole foods or whatever. And then, you know, pasture raised popped up somewhere. And I was like, well, what is pasture raised chicken? I don't know what that was, you know, I had to Google it. And, you know, the only farm that would pop up was Joel Salatin's farm. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, really? Like if I want to get pasture raised chicken, I have to drive all the way to Virginia <laughs> to get it. Like that was literally the, the only farm that popped up online. And so yeah. I, I didn't know where to get it. So, you know, that's at the same time, we we're like, you know, it'd be cool. Like if we had some more land, we could, it was kind of like a joke that we had, <laughs> you know, like, you know, we could, we could farm, you know, like all of a sudden we're farm, we, we, we felt like farming, you know, we had that one tomato, <laughs> but, but we're like, you know, it'd be cool to raise our own meat, you know, remote, maybe we own meat chickens. And I, I didn't know how that looked like at the time, but it was a joke because, we would laugh because it, it was like, cause we were born and raised in this area, right? Like grandma <laughs> lived on the next street over mom lived down the street. I mean, my cut, all my cut, I have a big family. She has a big family. And like all our cousins, we all lived within like 30 minutes from each other. Yeah. And everyone was there like yeah. everybody, just about everybody. So the thought of us like going to find land somewhere in another state was just, yeah, that, yeah. that's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, I, that's ridiculous. You know, we would <laughs> never want to move away from family. Yeah. And so it became this joke. And so as we were just figuring out all this stuff and all this stuff was going in our minds of what we wanted to do, uh, we slowly started selling stuff that we didn't <laughs> want anymore in our home, you know, like collections, clothes. I, I mean, had lots of clothes, like lots clothes. of like bins and I had a whole room dedicated to clothes like <laughs> a separate closet and it was just basically the room was like a walk-in closet yeah I mean I worked in the fashion industry so I was yeah. able to get all these designer clothes but they didn't mean anything to me anymore and right you know we went down almost like where it had this like like you said plant where you're at you know like yeah. this homestead mindset in California which we didn't know at the time that that's what it was but now we can look back and like, yeah, we were developing that homestead mindset of like, you're trying to live more frugally, more minimal. We went down to one car. We had just had Penelope. Um, I think it was a year or two after I was in remission. Okay. She eventually just, you know, stopped working in the fashion industry and be a stay at home mom. That's a whole nother story for like yeah. a yeah. whole nother podcast. <laughs> So, I mean, all of, all of, and then my job was eating away at me. So, like, all these things were happening, and we're trying to, and we're still joking around, like, well, if we're going to go find land somewhere, we're not going to need all these couches, you know? <laughs> you know, like, you know, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, eventually, we had sold a lot of our furniture in our home. Like, we had a four-bedroom house and, and stuff that, like, lamps and stuff. Like, there was nothing <laughs> on the walls. And this was a matter of a good five years. You know, okay. this wasn't just like within the year. Um, overnight. But this, overnight. This was like five years of trying to figure all this stuff out. And eventually, all we had left was our kitchen table <laughs> in our home. And we're like, well, you know, I think we're pretty serious about this. Like, finding <laughs> some land somewhere. Because, like, if we sell this kitchen table, like... We I can't sit anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then... And that's what we did. We ended up selling our kitchen table and then we sold our home. And we're, the plan was we're going to go live with my mom, which is she lived down the street for a year, continue to save, try to get out some debts 
and go look for land somewhere. And that's what we did. Um, I still worked at my office job. I didn't know how I was going to get out of that. And so for that whole year after we sold our home, we went looking for land and we looked in, you know, in that area where we're at in California. We tried. We tried to stay in California. Yeah, it was we, too wa- expensive. we wanted to stay in California, but right. yes, we would need a million dollars to do what we're doing. You know, like yeah. it's just so expensive. Um, and, you know, we looked like in uh, New Mexico, Arizona, like kind of out west area because we didn't want to live a far away from family. But then, you know, we had friends that lived out in Asheville, North Carolina area. They moved out there and they would tell us about the area. And we'd never been anywhere past New Mexico, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) never been on the East Coast. And so we took a visit, a vacation out here, and we really fell in love with it. And I think only because it's so much different than California. It's so so green. You know, there's water. There's no drought. Mm -hmm. At least we don't think it's a drought. Yeah. People here are like, we're in a drought drought this year. I'm like, what? I'm like, no. The land is so fertile. Like I remember one, so beautiful. one yeah. of the outings, he came, flew out here by himself to look at a bunch of properties and he came back and he was like, I saw this one property and there was just wild kale and <laughs> like there was vegetables just growing in the wild, like, in the grass. Black, blackberries like, growing. Like, food, I'm like, free what food, is all this? <laughs> <laughs> it was like... Yeah, it was I like mean, Southern California, I'm mean, like, <laughs> there's nothing. It's barren, right? Yeah. Just barren land. And like, yeah. he came back, he was just like, it's beautiful. Aww. Yeah, I mean, so within that area, we looked and we fell in love with this area. We felt a good sense of community also. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of like-minded people out here doing what we wanted to do. Right. Grow food. So then. And this is before the hollers moved out here or we knew the roads even or yeah. any of the other. Like, wait, we didn't know, we didn't any know anybody. People. We didn't know anybody. Yeah. And after we took that vacation, we moved back and we was like, okay, the only way we're going to know about, know if this is real and we're going to do this is I need to go out there and actually look at homes and look at places. Yeah. You can look so much online and it's just not going to. We didn't know the area. We didn't know. We didn't know anything like that. So she trusted me trust me enough to go by myself and I flew out there and I went to look at like, I don't know, 13 different properties on a weekend. And the last one I found was this single wide mobile home on one and a half acres. Yep. And she was like, no, don't not get the mobile home. home. You know, I like mean, we're still like very city mindset. I'm like, yeah. not the yeah. mobile home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, not the ugly mobile home. And yeah. like, that's the one. That's so, the of course. One. That's just so typical. That is so typical. You know, like the it just, guy it's, brain. It's girl functional. Brain. It works. It's the right price, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. flattest part of land. Yeah. It had a creek in the back. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was close so to typical. a city. But like, like, it wasn't until like maybe a couple months after we had moved in, I was really thanking God. Like this, this was perfect for us. Okay. Like, had we moved anywhere else, we would have failed. <laughs> I, I really think if we would have failed, like, yeah. I, it, it just... It was perfect for us. Like, the community that was yeah. there, it was just, I mean, we had so much, like, homeschool yeah. community, church community, like, everything. It was perfect. But I, I like to think of that uh, situation as, um, you know, you hear about these stories in history of, like, Pa going out. I mean, this is like year, years ago. Pa going out to go find us land. You know, almost like a little house in the prairie. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and he goes out and he finds us this land and then he builds us a home, which is pretty much, I mean, he didn't build the mobile, but like we gutted it and like he yeah. turned it into like our little home. And, and it was just like the perfect, I, I look fondly back at those um, memories back I mean, it was always last year, um, <laughs> in our, our single wide mobile home. Like this was yeah. the great starter homestead for us. It was perfect. Yeah. I mean, I did look at the really bigger properties and like really romantic romantic ideas yeah we were looking at raw land but like okay we ultimately went back to our focus which was live within our means yeah you know in california we kind of it's so easy to get caught up in like oh i want this i want that i want that and then you know you're not living within your means you have like a four bedroom house with two living rooms and like you know it's just excessive and and that was the whole point of us getting rid of all of our material belongings and then um we wanted to focus on live within our means we knew he we were moving out here without him having a job right he left his job in california and he didn't have a job when we moved it was just totally like Walking yeah. in faith, right? Living by faith. Yeah. So the plan was, I'm just going to quit my job and we're just going to move and we're going to see what see if it works. Right. We both 100% believed in what we were doing. Like right. we, we believed in this was going to heal us. This yeah. was going to bring us health. This was, you know, this is the best future for our daughter. Like we 100% believed in the steps we were taking. Yeah. And I think it's important to say too, like we, you know, we try to get out of our debts, but like I still had a student loan when we left that was pretty high. And, um, you know, we couldn't afford to buy the one and a half acres, like straight out. Like we had a mortgage, right. You know, so like we had a mortgage plus student loan debt and we still moved. And I, you know, there was a point there where where the, you know, we made money off the sale of our house in California. And so we used some of that to move, right? So right. there was a, I, we had a, a choice to make after we sold that house was like, we had enough money to completely get out of our debts, like our student loans, just student everything. Loans, yeah. Like we would be debt free mm-hmm. or, <laughs> or we could make this move, this dream of ours, make it happen and, and, and buy this house with a mortgage. Right. And, and we chose that's a to tough that. decision. <laughs> that's a really tough decision. What do we do? Like, we're like, what would Dave Ramsey say? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask Dave. Don't ask Dave. <laughs> 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 what, if I really believe if we would have made the decision of not moving and yeah. staying, okay, let's stay another, it probably would have, I, I, I probably would have took us. I don't think we've ever would have gotten out of debt. Like I, right. I think we would have still remained in debt or it would have taken us like another five years, maybe. Or to yeah. get, yeah. we would have never left California. There would always be excuses. There yeah. would always be a reason to stay. I don't think we, we never would have made the move. We never yeah, would have. It's never a good time. Like, yeah. it's kind of like people always think, you know, there's going to be like a perfect good time to have kids. There never is. You yeah. just have to just yeah. have kids because right. there's always going to be an expense. There's always going to be something that comes up, a health thing or a financial thing that's going to take your time. It's the same thing with. Yeah. Uh, living in a homesteading or buying property like that. It's just, there's always something that's going to come up and it's a really tough decision. At some point you just have to dive in and. Well, and sometimes you just have to (laughs) step out of the boat in faith and and know that the things are going to work out in the right direction for you because it's, it's where you, 
you as a couple came to in your hearts that this was a, a dream and a vision and a plan as fuzzy as it may be um, that it was, that it was, it was going to move in that direction and then come about. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, six years now, we, like last year, I just finished paying off our, all our student loan debt, you know, like you know, it took another six years, but we made the move. But I really think making the move helped us get out of that debt too. Yeah. So, yeah. so for the inquiring minds, what? So you made the move to this one and a half acre, give or take land, mm-hmm. and your how are you making income? What are you doing? You know, are you you know are you you're living off the the land um, <laughs> with with no paycheck? Right. Yeah. So um, he wore many hats. <laughs> yeah. So you you did work other jobs along with homesteading. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the reality is, you know, you have bills to pay and things to do there. I had at least savings for six months. So if I had to absolutely not work, I I know I'm good. We're good for six months. So three months went by and, you know, after collecting that paycheck every Friday from work and the last 16 and having that gas card, (laughs) you know, in the 401k for, for 16 years, that was super challenging for me to like, it's like a mind yeah. shift, you know, of yeah. like, okay. nobody's going to hand you your paycheck on Friday. No, so you gotta like, work for it. Like, well, and when you have a family that adds a whole different dynamic because, you know, I, I stay yeah. home too. And so I don't get compensated for my work, you know, Lorraine, <laughs> but obviously, so we do tons of work, but they obviously bring in that, or my husband brings in that paycheck and suddenly, because we've had seasons in our life too, suddenly that's gone. It's like, okay, I really need a man put on my faith hat here and we got to <laughs> figure out what we're going to do. And then you put your nose to the grind and figure out how to pay for stuff, you know? And yeah. it's interesting yeah. feeling <laughs> for sure. No, it is. It's scary. And um, we really didn't know anybody in the area, didn't have any connections. And so um, I, I did look for work. I looked for the job that I left from was a computer drafter i went out there i was like i could find it i mean i did it for so long and you know and i couldn't find anything i couldn't find anything (laughs) in that field and in in, um so then i started like i just need something and so my first thing that i did when i moved out here was i was an uber driver yeah Mm -hmm. for for Asheville, and and, um that was (laughs) you know your area (laughs) that's exactly how you will you get to know your area you know, yeah. I never, I didn't know anywhere. I didn't know where I was going. And I was like, I'm an Uber driver, you know? So that, that was pretty fun. Um, yeah. But then, you know, from there, it's just like, you meet, I meet people, you know, I just, I just like put the word out of like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm looking for work. You know, do you need anything around your house? Do you need yeah. to install a sink? I mean, I don't know. Like I was just trying to look for anything. And you, right. I remember you met people who, who were doing that. Like they just, they didn't have like a real government mm-hmm. job. Like yeah. they just worked seasonally. Like yeah, I've like, never, so I've never met anyone like over here. I, I don't think I've met a single person that only has one job. Right. Like everyone had all these jobs and it was all seasonal and it was tree trimming, snow yeah. plowing, work at a coffee <laughs> shop. Like yeah. it was, it was kind of like, it was inspiring to me, you know, because I was You're like, not like stuck in a little box of like your computer work, you know, I mean, yeah. well, everyone we knew in California was like, you go to school and then you go get that career and you stay in that job. Right. And here it was like, 
yeah, if you want to work at a coffee shop, it's all right. Yeah, it was just so relaxing. <laughs> we were just like, yeah, we're just uh, kind of just doing odd jobs and like just doing whatever I can. And like, I was like, wow, that was so, it's so weird, bizarre to me. <laughs> it's so and weird. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And so then I, that's what I started doing. I just was doing odd jobs and things. And, and I knew I liked, at the same time, I was like, I wanted to stay at home and do things at home and hopefully I can make a business, a home business doing that. And so at the same time, we're like, I could do woodworking, you know, I liked working with my hands. And and so we, we did a lot of craft shows early on and, right. and we didn't know this, but like the Asheville, Western North Carolina area is, is like big on crafts. Like okay. a lot of people like do pottery yeah. and woodworking and there's like an artist like live out this way, which we didn't know, but it kind of like helped us because that's what we're kind of like doing. And so we, we did a lot of craft shows we did the bus thing. and then, you know, I met some people converting school buses into tiny homes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I did a lot of that um, part-time early on. And that's uh, how we met the Rhodes family. Yeah. Right? That's how we met the Rhodes. Yeah. We worked, I worked uh, a few days on his um, great American farm tour bus. Yep. Yeah, I mean, just from there at the same time, we're kind of starting our YouTube channel and building that up while I was doing all these odd jobs and trying to figure it out the whole time. And so, you know, we've been here. The goal was we move here and I didn't want to be back in an office job. Right. And we wanted to work together as a family. We wanted to grow as much food as we can for ourselves and see where it goes. And um, we've been doing that for, you know, almost seven years now. When did you move to the property that you are on right now? It was in uh, February of this year. Um, we just moved to 14 acres. We sold our one and a half acres. We felt like we outgrew it. We did. Was that really hard? No. Was ready. <laughs> I was ready to leave that mobile home. <laughs> I love the answer. She, no, it was she, she left one mobile home to another one, right? No. No. no? We're, we're actually home. a real home now. We have <laughs> okay, it is. Yeah. yeah, we're a real home from, uh, it's a 1960s home, Okay, uh, you know, with outbuildings and a big old horse barn, but, uh, you know, it's a legit home now, but yeah, <laughs> b- before we're like, man, it, you know, that mobile home, and we love that mobile home, but man, it was cold, <laughs> and it was... <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how quickly you can outgrow an acre and a half. When you don't have that at first, it seems like, oh, that's plenty of space, right? Like yeah. that's- oh, we thought we owned- I know, like, like oh, look at, look at my space. land, you know? <laughs> Queen of the acreage, you know? Yeah. But then really when it comes down to it, you, especially the minute you add animals, yeah. um, it suddenly shrinks the land. Like, I mean, we thought 14 acres was like, there's no way we could ever fill 14 acres. and. Yeah. Man, we need more land. Like, <laughs> that's, that's how we feel now. We're yeah. on four, we just moved to 14 acres. So like, so. Give, ah. give, give, give it a couple of years of, of going through it, and you'll be like, I think we could add a little bit more to this. I feel but, like we're on a we're on a ranch in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> like right now. I think it is it, it is interesting though because every time I start to think that, I also like I get inspired by looking at some of the other people that are out there doing things because they they're all of a sudden they're saying, you know, how you can do this on seven acres of land or how you you know like how really to make what you do have no matter where you're at what you do have make that productive and make it maximize its its potential right oh yeah like we grew a lot of animals like we could have you know we talked we went back and forth and we're like hey we we could we could stay there in one of the acres and we would just made it that more efficient and more it would have been a lot better i feel but at the same time i think we felt like 
at first it felt like we we're in a rural area, mm-hmm. but it felt like all of a sudden our neighbors were getting closer to us. Yeah, they were encroaching on our space. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, where do these people come from? Like, go, yeah. go away. <laughs> like, give me my space. <laughs> And we're on a busy, very busy road. Oh, like yeah. if you want, I mean, you probably can't tell, but on our earlier videos, like every time a car would buy it, I would pause. Yeah. On the, like if I was shooting yeah. video from my, on camera. Yeah. Because it would be so busy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like big old big rigs trucks going by and I'm like, okay, stop talking. Yeah. Okay. Start again. <laughs> and then when people would find out where we live, so they would drive down the busy road and honk, like yeah. really <laughs> Hey, so the land. Yeah, so the so land. land. <laughs> You're like, we're following her. That is really funny. But they love you, so that's nice too. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is, you know, we've talked about the interesting dynamic of, you know, we really, our heart's desire is that we really are part of the community, whether it's our local community, whether it's the homesteading community as a whole. Um, but I think it's funny because we do, we all kind of chuckle about the fact that, you know, the neighbors are getting too close. And there's that part of like the homesteader, I think, in all of us that you do want a little bit of that elbow space um, that that you just have as your own. But there is a way of accomplishing having a community and having the elbow space at the same time. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. You gotta buy all the land around you. So then you <laughs> keep the barrier up and then like, no. All right. So we've got we've gotten caught up on the 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 journey to the 14 acres here. What is your, give us a little cliff notes of what you have for the vision of what you want to produce or make this 14 acres for you and your family. What is, what's the master plan that if you, you know, if you had your way with it? Well, yeah, at first, you know, when we first moved to North Carolina on on the one and a half acres, it was like, okay, we're just going to go out there and see if we like it, see if it works. Uh, Let's just grow some food for us and more food. And then it evolved into, you know, what does this look like for Penelope? You know, what does yeah. this look like for our daughter? Like, and I'd never thought of this prior, but like not until meeting like the Rhodes mm-hmm. or like other families that we've met where like they li- like their kids live on family's land. Yeah. You know, like they're able to build their own home. Generational land. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, that never crossed my mind. Like I was like, that sounds amazing. That sounds <laughs> like something that I would want to do for our child. Right. And so that was one of the reasons why we wanted the large land was to yeah. be able to do that. And hopefully we can do that for her. Yeah. That's just, you know, that's for the future future. But right now it's just, I, I see us doing a lot of um, hands-on workshops. Yeah. Like teaching other, other families, other people of how to grow, grow their own food and doing it here in, um, I really see that, that being more and more as, as we grow here, still doing the YouTube stuff, I think, but I, th- I would say more so doing more in-person workshops. And, and you guys have been doing that. Yeah. We started doing that this year, like right away. And this, this land here was, it was kind of already set up where it didn't need a whole, it doesn't need a whole lot, you know, right. um, what we're still be able to do that because we're doing that on one and a half acres also mm-hmm. doing the work, uh, chicken processing workshops there. And so when we came here, we just kept it going and, um, and we did eight chicken processing workshops this year. Oh, wow. That's a lot. How many people per uh, workshop did you have? Yeah, we were first doing like five people and we're butchering 40 chickens. Okay. Workshop. But then what we've learned is that, we could open it up to maybe 10 people and do 20 chickens. Okay. <laughs> so, so more, 
more so, like direct hands-on showing them. Yeah, because I feel like after a while, I think people kind of get it. You know what I mean? Like they're like, I don't need to do 10 15 chickens or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You could kind of tell it in their eyes that they're yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm usually done with chickens. Like, let's say we yeah. got to do 100 in a day and I'm done by like 40. But you're like, okay, we're, I, I still have to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're unlike, kinda... unlike most people, the chickens for us don't show up on cellophane platters wrapped up. You know, yeah. we actually have to take them from the feathers to the freezer, right? Yeah, it could it could get a lot. You know, it's a lot. It's a big day. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, I think people enjoy them. People, you know, they want to learn how to do this stuff more and more. Right. And so, since we're, we have where we grow all the chickens, we're, we thought, you know, let's just do more workshops. And so now we open it up to like ten people, and we'll do about twenty. You know, does it? It actually comes. It's it's a nice day. It's a nice. Right. It's not so hectic and, and yeah. a whole lot you know and so we break it up to a couple of days so we'll do like 40 chickens two workshops and you know i started doing a i did a woodworking workshop this year also which you know we're trying to fill out like what, what people like what people want, and right. want yeah. to participate in and so yeah i mean i hope to do more more bigger animal type workshops like pig processing and maybe okay. even um steers um but i do feel like that's our our future Okay. So using your property for that, that really inspiration, giving hands-on uh, kind of encouragement and know-how to yeah. other individuals that have been down or going down the same path as what you guys have been down. Yeah. And we, we also talked about, eventually I will probably end up selling chickens also, like right. uh, selling pasture you, poultry. Have you sold anything from off farm yet up until this point, as far as eggs, produce, stuff like that, or not really? Uh, not really. I mean, we have like here and there. Yeah. You know, like nothing consistently. Not no, on this property. Not on this property. Yeah. I mean, okay. and we. I feel like we we moved in and then we took we took a couple trips this year. Yeah. And so yeah. we didn't we missed the garden window. So our garden <laughs> was really sad. <laughs> yeah. Hope we to sell something. Yeah. Like eventually, I think we're gonna get there. Like it's. I think it, it's gonna happen for sure for chickens. Awesome. And I hear, I, I did catch that you, you do have some speaking engagements this year that you got kind of slotted out into next year. Uh, something done in Texas for a pasture raised uh, chicken type class. Yeah. The uh, it's called APA American pasture poultry association, Okay, which this is a group of, of people that get together once a year and they talk about pasture poultry. It's usually a uh, like bigger scale, like market marketing. Okay. And like more, I guess, smaller scale farming, not so much homesteading, backyard raising, but, um, but this year they're opening up to more homesteading. Okay. okay. So I'm going to be teaching part of their homesteading track of like, kind of just starting your homestead with meat chickens. And they had asked me and they have it different year, a different place every year. And this year just have to be Texas. And so, okay. yeah, this is somewhere I, I always want to go to this event. It, but I was always like, well, it's always about like large scale pasture yeah. poultry, which we're not doing. So I was like, it sounds neat, but I don't know if I would benefit from it. Right. But then they asked me and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I just want to go. <laughs> yes, I will benefit from it. <laughs> <laughs> like Joe Salatins and Daniel Salatin, they're speaking there. Yeah. Other people are speaking there about like marketing and all this stuff. So, I mean, that should be, yeah, that should be fun. And so, yeah, I'm excited to do that. I think something I picked up on you guys just talking in this little time here was, um, you know, you guys have been really willing to 
see where you're at as a family and make changes, whether it be moving from across the country to, to the home that you were in for a while, uh, whether it's adapting and moving to the 14 acres and kind of looking at it from a generational standpoint. But then even when you got onto the property, um, you've, you made a decision to maybe not do the garden to the best of your ability, or you did some family trips. So I think that's important that some people take away as well is that, you know, when you're doing this homesteading thing, everyone, something that we've talked about a lot, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about this because I'm seeing some encouragement from it, um, is that sometimes you have to really be willing to readjust and reevaluate where you're at as a family and keep the main thing the main thing. You know, yeah. take the time to, to be a family and not let the homestead control you, <laughs> um, but yeah. be willing to say we can put some of these things on hold and, and still move on with life and still be successful at what we're doing. Yeah, that's very hard to do. It's very hard. <laughs> it's it's no joke. I mean, it's it's easy, especially when you're um, you're also trying to run a YouTube channel, which is a business, yeah. right? So you're trying to, and you don't want everything to be about the YouTube channel, right. um, but so it's keeping that in balance. Um, but having a farm, because we run a we run a like a farm business here, uh, where we set it up and people can come. It's a pole barn farm shop. It's very. <laughs> not fancy, but it, yeah. Yeah, that's how we provide for the community. We do everything off farm here and people just come and do stuff. And it's, you know, you don't want to lose sight of the reasons, what the reasons that brought you to where you are, right? Like leaving LA in your guys's case and try, trying to kind of get your family unit together instead of everyone going this way, that way, that, you know, and uh, it's really hard to keep that as the first thing, you know, and the Lord helps us in all of that. But, um, keeping the family unit together yeah. and not losing sight of that. It's, we just had this conversation yeah. <laughs> the other day, like this is just real life stuff that every family has to deal with and homeschooling. Uh, I, do, do you guys homeschool? I should know the answer to this. Okay. So in homeschooling and we homeschool and it's like you, it's really easy for all of that to kind of just still become the same distractions that our old lives were. Right. And to make sure and just keep it all in, in perspective is, is definitely a great challenge for sure. Yeah, you kind of get caught up in it all, like especially, you know, if you're doing YouTube and I guess with any job that you have, you know, because you the reason why we came out here is to work at home and work together. But, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's hard. It's hard. You have to really every day. It's it's a, you have to work at it and, yeah. and be mindful of, of it all. Give me I want to I'm going to fire a couple questions that you saw the land. What where did that come from and what how do you land on that? So before when we were in California, um, we knew that, you know, we wanted to work at home, work for ourselves. And I knew that like social media was, was probably something that we should be doing. Like at right. least like just Instagram. That's what I started doing was just Instagram. And then, um, I thought we should come up with like a name, like a, maybe a farm name or something, you know? And, and so, so the land at first was a play on words between like sewing because my wife she's she's come from the fashion industry mm -hmm. so we spelled it s-e-w the land you know like sow the land yeah, and then we also thought that sow the land we were we were going to this homestead or to any homestead with the mindset of we are repairing the land we're, we're yeah. we are sowing you know yeah. sowing seeds and there yeah. was just so many things like we were you know just yeah. helping the land you know, regenerate whatever. 
And so we chose so the land, but yeah, we we just like the idea of the name land and then so. But um, after a couple of years, people started asking us if we sew clothes. <laughs> of course, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, okay, well maybe we should change it's confusing. it. Yeah, it's it got confusing. confusing. Yeah. Or if we sell clothes, you know, we we didn't. And and but that was an option because we're like we didn't know right. what we we're going to be doing. And we're right. like. Or like maybe that is an option. Maybe we close. I don't. I don't know. Maybe that's going to be an option. But but I never did. And so we ended up was like you know maybe we should change it to how it probably should have been. And yeah. So we changed the name to sow the land, and that's how how we just kept it. And I felt like it was like it didn't necessarily have the name homestead in it. Yeah. Because I felt like I didn't know which direction we we're going to go. Like right. I was going to at one time I was just going to do like like really get into like the woodworking side of it and really build that up and maybe it would just be sow the land woodworking you know or or sow the land pastured chicken you know yeah. like i felt like it was more uh there's more room there yeah. to, to to go whichever direction you want with it yeah i like uh i, I know that you've said uh before is that you um you buy ugly and you build your dreams and I thought yeah. that was a cool thing, just like looking at your journey through it, coming onto this land and just seeing that it might not be the quote unquote dreamland, um, but that it really is, it is what you make it, right? It's its what you take as that blade canvas or what buildings already exist there and you're kind of making them come into what your dream is of that, of that property there, so. Oh yeah, and that one and a half acres that we had, that, that really taught us that. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> like, it, initial like oh we're gonna buy ugly and we're gonna build this up <laughs> like that wasn't like the that was not my plan right. <laughs> like it happens but, just naturally sometimes but it just yeah. happened yeah and I, I think that having that mobile really taught us that of like yeah we could turn it to whatever it is we want to turn because what really taught me that was when we were we gutted out that mobile home and we turned it we we completely finished the inside of it um <clears throat> i get a call from uh Carolina Home and Gardens magazine called me up and was like, we want to feature it in our magazine. <laughs> Do they know we live Have they been here? <laughs> I, I, I sit on the phone. I was like, you know, we're in a mobile home, right? <laughs> you, you made it look really good on Instagram, right? Yeah. 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 Angles. 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 <laughs> and so they sit out a photographer out and take pictures for their magazine. And I'm like, here we are. I have a, have a thing in, in Carolina Home and Gardens magazine right next to like, like a million dollar log cabin home. Like, and I'm like, awesome. see, I'm like, see, like, that's what really opened my eyes of like, yeah. we can make, turn it into whatever it is we want it to be. Amen. It's yeah. always easy. I, at least I'm this way. I'll speak for myself to see when you kind of survey the land or survey where you live, it's easy to see all the things that need to get done, all the imperfections, yeah. the piles of mulch that I'm looking at right now, <laughs> you know, out my window. Yeah. And you mean the piles of organic matter that are in a slow state of renewal. <laughs> and this is why, this is why we have piles of mulch over here because yeah. of my husband. So um, it's easy to see all those things. And, but when it's always surprised, it still surprises me that when people come onto our property, Almost every time I hear, it's so beautiful here. Um, I am so jealous of that I don't get to live here. And my mind, and I'm trying to train myself out of it because, <laughs> well, because I am so thankful. I'm grateful yeah. to the Lord for his provision provision and faithfulness to us. So I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm more talking about like, really? Like you think that, I mean, I got garbage right over there. <laughs> I got, you know, like, I mean, I don't say those things, but these are the things that go in my mind. And it's truly people see 
I think they see past all of that and they just see the vision for what you're trying to do for your family, you know, what we're trying to do for our family yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and all of that. And I, it really does put it in perspective for you because you're like every day people come here, you know, yeah, like they're magazine people, you know, yeah. and they're like, yeah, oh. the, it's, it's hard, but like, it's trying to like, remember how you felt when you very first saw your property, like, yeah. or, or the very first time we would visit a family before we were homesteading and had land, but we would visit other families and they would have land and see yeah. their land. And that would inspire us. And it still inspires us. We, we yes. go visit other, other people's places. They invite mm -hmm. us over. We go there and like, no matter what they're doing, I'm like, man, their place looks awesome. Like, <laughs> you know, we have that mindset of like, ah, oh, this is so cool. And that, and then we come home and we feel inspired, like, oh, okay, they did it this yeah. way. So we can do it this way or that way, you know, like, so I think it's just kind of remembering like how we felt in the beginning. Yeah. Like that's what's so hard about it. And I'm hopefully I never we never forget that feeling of, of yeah, how we felt sure. like when we first started doing this, mm -hmm. you know, and like try to hold on to that as best we can. That's what so great about YouTube is you can go back to the very beginning and be like, <laughs> yeah, I remember Look how happy we are. We had an archiver, right? Yeah, when I lost my mobile home, that's what, you know. <laughs> wait, wait, real quick, so I know you guys have processed chickens, you processed pigs, you processed the steer. I think you were involved with processing a lamb at one point in time. Uh, yeah. We, Is that well, right? We have, uh, Justin Rhodes. Justin Rhodes, yeah, yeah. But the steer, was, the most recent process of the steer, that was the largest animal you had done, correct? Yes, and you had helpers, <laughs> which had you, is nice. Had you done one before, or had was this was this your um, first go at it? I've I've seen it done. Like I, I've seen it done before. I've never actually like done it myself. Okay, like hands on. You know, we so. we have our steer, our very first steer process coming up. He's a dairy steer that He's we had on property. Steer. Yeah, yeah. So that's we have our first steer coming up yeah. soon. You do it yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do it ourselves. I didn't grow up. I think we're maybe cut from the same cloth. I in think some, in some accord here. Maybe. I mean, we weren't city. <laughs> we weren't necessarily city folk, but you know, people. Ask, we didn't grow like, up on a farm, though. You must have grown up on no. a farm. You must have done all that. We didn't do any of that. You would do some hunting and stuff like that. So processing Very animals minimal, wasn't yeah. Yeah. wasn't ab abnormal to you. But he just like I don't know. He just gets in there and figures it all out, and it's amazing to me. But it's not always yeah. pretty. No, but we did. It was fun to watch the steer. Um, harvest yeah. uh because it was just it's just an encouragement because we have that on our plate <laughs> you know so yeah, we're gonna yeah. have to be doing that but i know you had mentioned earlier in the in our conversation earlier about it not going according to plan at first and how do you recover from that yeah well with pr processing in any animal you kind of go through it through your head first of how this is going to work out and being <laughs> here that it's a new property i don't have a tractor <laughs> I never raised a steer before, you know, all these things were happening, you know, all these things are in our thoughts of like, okay, yeah. how's this going to work? So first of all, the, the one thing that scares me the most is the shot, you yeah. know, when you shoot them, you know, you don't want, you want it to be just one shot, one and done quick. Yeah. And they don't know what's coming. You know, my shot, it was, it was a different angle. It wasn't, yeah. it was in the right spot, but it was, it was, right spot. It was down. So it, the bullet yeah. kind of went, I think it went down, like we even found the bullet later, but it was like back here. Yeah. It wasn't. And I appreciate here. that you showed that actually, because I think for those. We can learn from it. The, like, can... There's so much that get ed that's get edited out or that gets edited out. Like 
we're, we're not perfect. Like we make mistakes and like, you know, like when you're doing it for the first time, like I know for a fact, I'm not going to butcher the thing to like, you know, processing cut standards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's your home. It's your, you know, family butchering, you know, like yeah. it's just, you're just putting meat in your freezer. You're not looking to sell the meat or, you know, you're just looking to put meat. Like <laughs> it's yeah. not perfect. It's not, it have to be perfect. Mm. Uh, but that's, what's great. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wish we could show all this stuff, like really show it on YouTube. Yeah. But, Abundance plus. Yeah, we, Abundance. I think, yeah, totally. Like, that's why I love about that. So yeah. that we can just post whatever, you know, you can, you can t- really talk about it. Yeah. Because these things happen and you don't think about it because it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're not perfect shots, yeah. you know, like these things happen. Yeah. And so that was, that was one thing that happened was I had to do two shots. Yeah. Um, but, he always, I have to say something about Jason is he always remains calm because this happened with a pig last year too. Okay. Um, the angle was off too. Yeah. Um, and so he's so calm. Like, I'm like, if that Go, had been put me, it down, put it down <laughs> like, with my knife, like just, die. but he's so calm and he's just, he takes, he waits for the right moment. He takes a second shot and then he goes and he slits the neck. Yeah. I'm like, thank God it's not me. Like, who I has it's to funny because I I'm saw. With, I'm with you, Lorraine. I Man, saw I Ben. Have... I saw Ben in the background of the shot that you guys were taking there, and I can I can just tell he's a jump in and get it done type of guy. And you, he went to jump in, and then all of a sudden he's like, "All right, I'm just going to stay here and yeah. let him go do his thing." And it was just, it was cool to see the tribe around you all filling a role, all doing their thing. And right. even the ones who want to jump in and get things done, they're just like, you know what? He's got this handle. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and see how it plays out. No, that's what's great having people there. You yeah. know, if anything, they're just like your backup. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, like I think last year when I did the pigs for the first time on our property, I have the, you know, for me, my 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 mentality is like I'm pretty like just low key, like stand back. Like I just, you know, I'm just kind of quiet, stand in the background, but um, I invited like all these people over that have way more experience than me. They have bigger personalities than me <laughs> and they're my friends, but I invited them. But I, in the beginning, I was like, I want to do this from start to finish. Right? Yeah. Like, cause I know like they can just get in there and just jump in there and just do it. Right. And that's great. But for me, this is, learn. I want to, I need to learn by doing it myself. I was like, I really yeah. just want you guys there for just support. Just, just back me up. If I'm doing something wrong, let me know. Yeah. Or if you think I should do it a different way, let me know. But I just want to be able to just do it, you know, I can figure it out. And so they were there for me for that. And that's what I love about about the community that we have. And it's like, they were like, yeah, like they were just there, you know, just their presence, you know, yeah. which was cool. Booster. Extra yeah. hands, extra hearts, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that that that's super helpful having people there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, missing the shot, you know, I used electric winch on my barn, which it worked every single time <laughs> I tested it. You tested it like right before I, it, we- Yeah, I tested it that morning. And <laughs> does this make you feel better that you're not the only one? Hey, I, I'm telling stuff. you, I watched, like, I watched that and I was like, you know what, this is awesome. This happens to someone else besides me. Like <laughs> we could have them the best laid plans and, and then all of a sudden, our like for instance us our our, our well stops pump, oh, our, our, our well starts, stops pumping water or doesn't oh. pump enough water 
when yeah. we're processing chickens. Like, oh, oh that's my biggest fear. That's where we're at right <laughs> that's, now. Yes, I think about that. I think about that. You know, luckily my friend there had his he had a truck with a winch on it. Yeah. Yeah. But even that went out too. <laughs> but luckily back up to the backup. <laughs> yeah, that's the backup. But luckily, I had my electrician fan there that knew electrical and was able to get it going. That's awesome. And so what I forgot, though, after the fact was I do have a chain hoist that I forgot I had. Yeah. (laughs) So I had that, you know, so we we could be able to do it if I didn't have any of the electrical winches. I want to ask you this real quick. If you you had someone asking you as as a new homesteader, as a prospective homesteader, what are the three top things... What are the three top things that So the Land would say to look for if you're a new homesteader and you're considering buying buying land? What should they be on the lookout for? Ooh, that's a tough question. Yeah, I would definitely. Um, I think outbuildings, like some kind of building structures, are are helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you know you might come to find later on where you don't that that structure's in the way. You know, yeah. it, you know, maybe it's in the way of something you else you want to do, but still like you could still take it down and use the wood. Like, you right. know, like it's super helpful to have the the structures there that you yeah. don't have to build that there are so here an outbuilding. Yeah. Right? Outbuilding. Water. I was talking about that. There is a stream on the top of our property. So we're trying to figure out how to harvest that water and bring it down. Water. It's vital, especially if you have cold winters to water. Oh, I know you guys are North Carolina. Waters, yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're just an hour outside of Chicago. So that's like cold Illinois, you know, weather. So we have to think about winter. Can you think of anything else that would be something that you would look for in a property? I know you mentioned flatland. Uh, well, that's an issue here in North Carolina because, well, in the, in the mountains of North Carolina, there's just, it's not a whole lot, but I mean. Yeah, I would say maybe internet. <laughs> our internet is not great you know, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised this is working right here I but, know. Yeah. I'm surprised. <laughs> great yeah we're using a, a we, we have two hot spots that we've been using uh, a backup to the backup yeah <laughs> yeah and then that's the in best Asheville, internet it was never a problem and then we moved out here and it's like we don't i can barely use my phone okay. <laughs> that's funny we're not but that far away like, we're not that far away but yeah that's yeah. for like modern homesteading you do need the internet and if you're yeah. planning to make it your business anything you want to close up with i don't want to <laughs> no, keep it i don't think so thank, i think thank you so much guys for jumping <laughs> on here we like i said it's our heart's desires just to um to actually plug in with the community that we've been kind of blessed to be part of. No, that's great, guys. Yeah, thank you for for asking us, and it was was fun talking with you guys. 